Welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, your weekly podcast about the new hit show on the CW, Batwoman. I am Palmer, and with me, as always, is Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about my new favorite show. Me too. I have been waiting for it. Unfortunately, um, for those who listened to our first couple of episodes, you might notice that Tony Ann is not Michelle. She didn't go through a name change and voice change. Um, <laughs> Michelle had to drop out. Michelle had to drop out, out unfortunately, due to life and being a responsible adult. Yeah, so, she's luck- like the busiest woman I've ever met in my life. Yeah, there's no reason anyone should ever work two jobs. I'm sorry. Like, I understand why she has to. I just don't think it's right. But yeah, she put no. us in contact, and she put us in contact, and we both love the Batwoman. Um, you really love the new show. We've talked about this off air before. You're not. Do you read comics at all, or no? I am a no. comic virgin. <laughs> okay, well that's good because I want to. It'll be nice the uh, comparison between me who loves the comics and you who's never read the comics. Right, and it'll be nice too because if I get confused, I can always be like, "What does this actually mean?" Because I do that with the other Arrowverse shows too. Like if they mention something i'll always go on twitter and be like okay somebody fill me in what does this mean (laughs) who's this arrow why does he have that name (laughs) so you watch all of the arrowverse shows yep i watch all of the arrowverse shows i didn't watch them all when they started i kind of started with supergirl when it started because i followed melissa from glee and then when they we all all did when they did the musical episode of the musical crossover with The Flash, I okay. decided that night to binge The Flash. Okay. Finished finish that in two weeks, then binged Legends, finished that in about a week, and then did Arrow. And then at that point, I just – and then I started Black Lightning when it started. Okay. Um, so aside from Batwoman, which one is your favorite? The Flash. The Flash? Okay. I haven't kept up with a lot of the CW shows. I never really got into Arrow just because it was uh, it was just Batman. Like, they, they took a character that they couldn't do, and they were like, we'll t- make Green Arrow him because no one really cares about Green Arrow. Right. Um, I, really liked, I really liked The Flash when it started, and I still like it. I've just kind of fallen off, unfortunately, way too many other things to watch. And at the, at the rate and the amount of comic book stuff in the media, I no longer feel beholden. Like, I have to watch this, otherwise they'll stop making the stuff. Yeah, there's so much stuff now. Like, you're kind of inundated with comic book stuff. But The Flash is definitely my fave, other than Batwoman, of course. I think Batwoman is going to quickly become my favorite overall. Uh, I think so, too. I really loved the first couple of episodes. We'll get into those in just a minute. Supergirl, I liked. Uh, I've kind of liked each season more, except last season. Last season, last season I fell off. Yeah, like last season I fell off. Um, I refused to acknowledge John Cryer as Lex Luthor. Uh, so, so like I stopped watching halfway through the season when they cast him. I started watching it again. I watched the first episode last week. I haven't watched the second episode. I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I love Kate Leth, uh, not Kate Leth. That's a comic book artist. Kate McGrath as Lena Luthor. She's amazing. So she is. I love her so much. I love her flawless American accent. 
yes, flawless American accent Tim from TV from Supergirl TV Talk. <laughs> but um, I love her. I love the dynamic of her and Kara. There's some things that I I haven't liked along the way. I'm not a I'm not a fan of the Legion in the comics. They're they're just very bad in the comics. And what they did with them on Supergirl didn't make them any any better. I mean. Uh, Nothing personal against the guy who's playing Brainiac. I think it might be the character, but I watched last week's episode and I texted a couple people and I'm like, like his acting was bad in that episode. And I, I, I can't look at him and think Brainiac after seeing how Krypton did Brainiac. Okay, I mean, I know I didn't watch Krypton. I love Superman. He is my favorite superhero. I just don't care about his ancestry to a point. It is um, the it is literally the one of the best comic book shows i've ever seen that's what i keep hearing and i've seen the production design of brainiac on that show and it was like the production design was phenomenal i give that show all the credit in the world for that um brainiac 5 looks different in the comics than regular brainiac so i'm not so i'm kind of fine with with that whole shtick I don't know, like, his acting reminded me of, like, what people always do when they, like, imitate William Shatner. Oh, God. (laughs) So, like, that, like, I couldn't get by it. I'm like, did he go to the William Shatner acting school? I totally see that now, and now I don't think I'm going to be able to unsee it. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, so let's get into the first episode of Batwoman. Um, it probably had a fancy title, but we're going to call it Pilot. It literally just was called Pilot. Yeah, I kind of figured, but I was, I was like, just in case someone out there is like, this actually had a name. I don't care. It's Pilot. <laughs> so let me pull up my my copious first episode notes that do not okay, lead to. I, I have better notes for two, and you have better notes for one. This will work well. Really? They have one note for episode two, so we'll get so we'll get to that when we get there. Um, so, to start off, we see Gotham. We open on a training scene with Car with Kate in the water. She is trying to hold her breath and escape because that's what you do to become a superhero. No superhero has ever sh- had it like a training session where it was just like three push-ups. It's always like if I don't survive this, I'll be dead and thus not worthy to be a superhero. Now, was she, she wasn't in Gotham City getting this training, right? She was somewhere She was else. not. Yeah, she was she was somewhere else. I thought it opened on the uh on the uh bat signal closeout party, but then I looked at my notes and I'm like, "Oh, right, there's a training sequence." Because I okay, like I don't I don't know if I completely understand like starting with the training sequence, but you're you're gonna get that sequence regardless. So that's where it was. How did you uh, how did did you think the mentor was too tough by like trying to kill her? You're like, all right, she's underwater now. I'm gonna close up her hole. Yes, kind of. At first, I thought, wow, that's a little harsh. But I, I mean, wonder if it has more to do, and this might be jumping ahead a little. With how her sister died. Oh, because they think her sister died drowning. Right. So I'm wondering I, I, if, if that's if that's where that's coming from, and she's trying to 
see if there was anything she could have done to save her sister. That was kind of what I thought once I got that backstory. But when I first saw that, I was like, wow, he's a bit harsh. I know. It's the first day of training. But um, no, I don't. Yeah. You know what? I didn't I didn't think of that. But that does make sense. Now, she's not training to become Batwoman. We find out she's training because she's hoping to go back to Gotham to become a crow, which is the security firm her father wrote. I was going to ask you what the significance of the crows were, because I was confused. In this reality, it seems the crows are the substitute for Batman. Like, instead of it being one person, it's an entire security team of people that are, are either pulled out of military service or highly trained, because apparently the cops aren't worth it in Gotham. Um, I do have that as a note later on. Like, but, okay. but in the comics, there is no crows. It's, I believe the, I believe the, the group of people he leads is called the colony, um, who don't operate in the same way, but ultimately have the same end goal, but are just going about it completely wrong. Like they think they should be more in charge of Gotham and, really be like the driving power in Gotham. That's the comics side. It, it seems like on this one, Gotham is more willing to go to them and give them the power. So. Okay. That makes more sense. It does. It, it In the comics, it's put Kate and him at odds. So I, I still think it will in the, in the show. Uh, yeah. Especially but I think it gets the... wants her to have no part of it. I totally see them conflicting. Right. And I think, at least on the show, it gives them the ability to have that conflict and still maintain like a father-daughter relationship, where in the comics, it's it's very strained. He doesn't want her to be in harm's way. Like, he was like, you were supposed to join the military, and I was going to get you a job as, a, as like, an office manager in the military. Like, I didn't want you in harm's way, which is a very fatherly thing. But um, Kate definitely has different plans. Yes, she does. All right, so then we get to see Alex striking out of nowhere during the during the bat uh, during the bat signal closeout party. Like everyone's gathered, there's no Batman. He hasn't been around for three years, and they're like, you know what? Tonight we're turning the signal off because we were still running it apparently and wasting electricity. Yeah, that seemed a bit weird. I, I thought that it was kind of strange that this was the moment they decided to sort of be like, okay, we're done waiting now. Yeah. I I yep, would have I'm, maybe done it after a year and maybe realized after a year he wasn't coming home. Yeah, like uh, 12 months. That's that's more than enough. But so we have Alice who takes out like two or three of the crows who are supposed to be like highly trained operatives. And she just like she apparently also went to ninja school. Yeah, which I wonder when and how. But I mean she had to be doing something she's been missing for 15 years true very true i i'm very intrigued to see what that backstory is but yeah and can i just say i love that our villain is a kick-ass woman and our lead on the show is also a kick-ass woman uh yeah i mean i would i was really hoping they like all the women were going to take center stage, at least for the first few episodes. And they really have. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know I know that there's stuff coming down the pipeline with, with the male members of the Bat family coming in. 
which is fine because the show will still be about Batwoman. But I'm glad we have a very like female-centered dynamic right off the bat because that's what the show is built on, and that you know I love seeing it because I don't think Supergirl was was like that in the beginning, no, at least to that wasn't. extent. It no, because because you still had um, John in the you know leadership role of the DEO. It's more like that now because Alex is in charge of the DEO. But I like that Batwoman has it like that from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. We So this episode goes back and forth. It goes from what's going on currently to flashbacks to the training and flashbacks to the the origin of of this all, where which was um, Beth and Kate, who are twin sisters, uh, get into a car accident with their mother. They are hanging dangerously off a bridge. Batman shows up, puts a bat line in the car and into the bridge to kind of hold it. He goes off to save the kids, unbeknownst to Kate. She thinks he just abandons them. Kate gets out of the car. The rope breaks, and it goes splashing into the to the river. Assumingly, uh, Beth and her mother both die. That's her kind of backstory. Like That's her Thomas and Martha Wayne getting shot in the street. Yeah, that's her defining moment. Right. Um, she hates Batman because of it, because, again, she thinks Batman just up and left her. She doesn't know Bruce is Batman, so that will be a, that'll be a weird dynamic. But so the one... So we flashback to her in training. She gets a call saying that Beth or, or Alice kidnaps who was the love interest of Kate back when she was at military school. I love the the fact like the trainer gets the call and he's like, hey, it's for you. They asked for a girl who talks too much. <laughs> you know, no no member of the Batman family ever talks too much. I'm sorry. No. So we get back to we get back to Gotham and we have the mayor calling the crows because as I wrote on this sir the mayor's on the phone because apparently you're the cops like something happened in the city and the mayor's first thing is not to call the police force it's to call the crows I guess the police really are inept I mean it. I guess like I mean if if that that's the case then i would love to be a gotham city uh police officer because apparently you're gonna get paid to do nothing you're gonna be paid to be backup constantly yeah so kate you know gets into gotham she wants to be part of the crows her father's like no you can't be part of the crows so she wants to find sophie she has this idea let's go to wayne tower wayne tower had its own she she used to run around Wayne Tower with Bruce. She said like they were very close, especially after everything that had happened with both with their both sides of their family. So she spent a lot of time. She knows that Wayne Tower had security systems throughout the city. So even though Wayne Tower been closed, she thinks the security systems are still on, so she can get recordings to see if she can find out where Alice took Sophie. So what I don't know is 
why on earth did she not just go through the front door? Like, it's boarded up, and she's like, okay. Rain tower for no reason. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. I mean, because if she was just, because she didn't need, because at first I thought, okay, maybe this is some super secret entrance into the bat cave and she knew it existed, but she didn't. So this was just her being, I was like, okay, I guess she's just being extra. Yeah, she was like, I, I, I don't walk through doors. I go through windows because that's what Wayne's do. I'm pretty sure of it. I mean, it was totally badass and awesome. So yeah, okay, I could totally like watch her do that all the time. But I kind of like for there to be a reason for such things to be happening. Yeah, I mean, she gets through the window automatically, busted by Luke Fox. She. I love got... him, by the way. Oh, we'll get to him. Don't worry. <laughs> like he shows up more in the second episode, so we'll we'll get to my thoughts on on Luke Fox. She she tries explaining to him like, "Hey, I'm I'm Bruce's cousin." Which of course you know we probably heard like seven thousand times. Right, should have been like, "Right, I know you're Bruce's cousin. You just came through the window instead (laughs) of the door." But I think my favorite thing is she's trying to tell him about like them hanging out, and she was like, "Yeah, he was my fun, irresponsible cousin." And I'm sitting there like, "This this does not sound like Bruce. Like like you're doing a bad job convincing me you're Bruce's cousin." And I know your Bruce cousin. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know much about Batman, but even I know what she was describing was not anywhere near what Bruce is actually like. Yeah, I mean, that's like the facade he has, but I don't see him even having that facade with, like, family. Right. The one, the one big thing we get in this episode, as we flash back to Alice holding Sophie is that Alice is the master of the butterfly knife because she grew up in the 80s, so she's either auditioning for West Side Story or The Outsiders. <laughs> like, she's just sitting there watching TV, twirling her twirling her butterfly knife with her birthstone in it because that's how you're going to keep your identity a secret. Yep. She's having her angsty villain moment. Yes. <laughs> So the, the, the this this episode stretches over a couple days. One of the other things I thought about after like day two or three is we see Kate in the leather coat with the Ramon shirt all episode. She does not change once. Which seems like a very Kate thing because she seems like she's a character who's just not going to care. Like if she's out, like if somebody she loves is missing – She's going to be out all day and all night looking for them, and she's not going to care about bathing or eating or, you know, any of those mundane human things. Right. Okay. You know, that's actually a good reasoning. I just, I was like, come on, Kate, you're better than this. Can we at least get another grunge band t-shirt? I mean, theoretically, the love of her life is missing. I, she's not thinking about wardrobe. You know, all right. I. I, I applaud Kate for for hanging in there, but this is the girl that kind of sold you out to stay in the military. Now, I understand why she did it. Like, I she wasn't ready to come out, or she really needed to be in the military, either one of those two things, but she kind of left Kate high and dry. Yes, but unfortunately, when it comes to love, every, you know, it, it doesn't exactly have to make sense, and yeah, 
Sophie hurt her a lot, and I don't think those scars have ever healed, but I don't think she wants Sophie to die because of it, so she will always be looking for her. Right. I mean, and I get that. Like, I think that's a very admirable quality. So Sophie and Kate know each other back from back from when they were in military academy together. They were lovers. They got caught. They were both given a chance to stay in the military academy by signing a paper saying that they essentially that they were straight. Like we are, you know, we're not lesbians. We we aren't together. We didn't do anything. You know, this is like prime don't ask, don't tell stuff. Kate wasn't going to do that. Yeah, she Kate basically didn't. told them to kick rocks. Yep. Kate was like, you know, I'm proud of who I am. I'm out. I'm proud. I love I love Sophie, you know, and she's trying to convince Sophie, like, come on, let's go. We don't need them. They don't want us. And Sophie doesn't. Sophie signs the letter. Now, you can look at it for a couple of reasons. One, you know, she's still not ready to be fully out. Or Kate has the luxury of being rich. So she doesn't need the military. She doesn't need the military job. She can kind of do whatever she wants anyway. And maybe Sophie just doesn't have that economic structure to be able to do it. We don't know. We don't know, like, her reasoning. We just know she she signed the letter. I'm going to go more so with option one because of what was revealed later. I don't know if you want to discuss that now or wait till we get a little closer to the end of the actual episode. Uh, no, let's let's go now. So Sophie is married to a guy. <laughs> yeah, that kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, all right. Um, it, I mean, it didn't throw me through a loop. I know they on the casting sheets, on the casting notes when they when they were doing casting, they did say she was married to a guy. So that didn't surprise me too much. But now so according to Sophie, she loves him and they're very happily married and he and she's totally like into him because he's a guy. So we don't know. Is she bi? Is she, you know, uh, pan or is she still kind of like in the closet? Like, is this that's kind of what I'm thinking? Is this her way of appearing to be normal? Like, is she? I don't ever want to use the word ashamed, but in her mind, does she want to make does the she, appearance of looking quote unquote normal? I think she feels maybe guilt or something for the feelings that she's having and she doesn't quite know what to do with them for whatever reason, be it her background, you know, be it how she was raised, what have you, which I'm sure right. we'll get into that further into the season, but and, she and, has reasons for repressing her true self. <laughs> Yeah, and I really hope we do because I think it's fascinating and not in the way of like I want to see like I just want to see her motives for doing what she's doing because I you know I you can never hold that against somebody for not for who they are like you never want to hold against them for who they are but you want to see like what may tick in this situation, like not being in that situation for me personally. It's, it's very easy for me to be like, well, if I was gay or, you know, or bi, I don't see why I wouldn't 
just be out with it. But I understand like it's a completely different thing, and it's something that I'll never know. So right. I always want to see like I want to be able to understand it as much as humanly possible. And I think the, the only way for me to do that is to see like the thought process. Yeah, and I, I feel like we're going to because I feel like you know because obviously this show has no issue telling the story of a gay woman because our lead is gay so obviously i think they might want to also tell the other side of it like kind of tell the opposite story like because kate seems out and proud so here's the story of our other lead and she has a different story and i'm very intrigued to see where it goes yeah and you know granted the the shows that i've watched the most on cw as far as the arrowverse shows are supergirl and Flash, both of those shows have done so well with the handling of these issues that I have no, like, I have no doubt Batwoman will handle it just as well, and I think that's what even makes me want to watch it more, because this Uh show, like, excuse me, this is one of, like, the cruxes of this show, so I would love, I would love to see how it's handled when it's, like, the focal point of the show, and not just, you know, Kara's sister, or... Or something to that kind. Right. It's not just a B story. It's actually part of an A story. Correct. So, um, one of the things in... Her her father got remarried. She has a step who is kind of shady. We don't know exactly what's going on with her. Yeah. And and she has a stepsister. Now, her... Her stepsister, when we first see her, seems like totally vapid and like and uh, oh. Sweet Valley high, yes. Instagramming, you know, Instagramming, you know, duck lips selfies. Yep, but, she was everything I hate about the term millennial. Yep, but we find out she is running some sort of like back alley underground ha- clinic. Right, which is essentially taking the role of. Uh, Leslie Tompkins from the comics. Now, did you watch Gotham at all? No, but it's on my list of things to do. Okay. So in the in the Batman side of things, there is a person who runs like an underground clinic, and her name is Leslie Tompkins. She essentially gives health for free, healthcare for free to people on Skid Row, homeless people. She'll even she's the one who kind of patches up Batman when Alfred's not around. Batman will bring people to her to save so that because there's like there's really a lot less questions when you bring like uh, Dick Grayson, you're the boy in your charge, you know, with 18 stab wounds to her rather rather than hospital. Right. So that's kind of her. That's kind of seems to be the role that she's filling in this, which is great because I really like that role. Um, if I remember correctly, Leslie Tompkins also doesn't kind of um, she keeps blurred lines. Like someone who needs medical help is someone who needs medical help. Doesn't matter if it's a criminal or not, she'll help them. And I I think she's gonna I think that Mary's gonna be a, the same. I think so, and I but I think to a point. Uh, um, and I, yeah, I, I think the events of episode two might yeah. uh, 
limit her open door exactly. policy. Yeah. Now you're just going to need the secret knock. <laughs> uh, Kate goes back to Wayne, Wayne Tower. Wayne Manor. Nope, Wayne Enterprises. Nailed Enterprises. it. So she goes back to Wayne Enterprises to talk to Luke Fox. And she notices the pearls that were Martha Wayne's were out of place on the shelf. And her first thought isn't, well, that's totally normal because Bruce hasn't been around here for a while. It's, no, something's up. Like, I must move those pearls to where they were. <laughs> like, like, her OCD kicks in. Is like, yeah. no, those nope. something, something need to be over is, here. Yeah. So she, place. so she moves the pearls. And even then, she's like, nope, they got to be turned like a quarter. Click. Oh, look, there's a secret staircase. So she, she finds... She finds the bat cave. Finds a bat cave. I don't know if it's the bat cave. A bat cave under Wayne Enterprises. She figures out that Bruce is shockingly Batman. I do like her first inclination isn't to start hating him. Yeah, she didn't seem that angry, which I was happy about. Because right. I think once she realized that Bruce was Batman, I think she realized, okay, so obviously Batman wasn't trying to leave me because Bruce would never do that. Right, and Luke kind of explains what happened, and she accepts it. Which is good, because I was really worried we were going to spend like three or four episodes with her like coming to terms with it. No, I have a feeling this show is going to be the show that hits the emotional beats, but we don't necessarily sit in those beats for very long. Okay. In some cases, I think that'll be good. I hope they prolong it in other cases. But like, we're just kind of zipping along. Yeah. But I think there's so much to set up in the first few episodes, like the whole universe and all the characters and stuff, that I don't think they have a lot of time to dwell on that kind of stuff. Like, I think further into the season, once we know everybody, then they can start, like, really kind of, like, playing and pausing those beats a little bit. Yeah. So Kate goes through the initiation of becoming part of the Bat family, which is obviously being surrounded by bats. The bats have <laughs> the bats have to accept you in as one of them for you to be able to dress like them. But, <laughs> I love that moment. But I mean, she like in her mind, she's only doing this to to help Sophie to find Alice and stop her, and to kind of prove to her father like I can be a crow. Like that's all she's planning on doing with this. She isn't planning on being quote-unquote Batwoman long-term. I love how all the superhero shows start out with it only being like a temporary thing, but you know that it's not actually going to be a temporary thing. But I love that she thinks she's only going to be Batwoman temporarily, but she still made Luke alter the suit. She's like, I'm only doing this temporarily, but can we at least make the suit that fits? Yes, like, I could probably fit in this, but come on. I'm a Wayne. You work for me. Let's go. Chop, chop. <laughs> that, that made me laugh. I'm like, so you have no plans on doing this permanently, but you're going to permanently alter his suit. Okay. Right. Well, that's what he gets for leaving. 
there's a funny Luke Fox line that I really liked um, where he's where he talks about like Bruce, Bruce's like attitude and he's like it made him it made him feared by his enemies co-workers friends like I, I just love the line like no matter who you were you were scared of Bruce like didn't matter if you're an enemy friend whatever yep I love that line and one would think that Luke would then transfer that onto Kate since they are related yes although I don't know if I would call Kate I would definitely call her intimidating when she wants to be but she seems much more approachable than Bruce um yeah I mean she definitely has her guard up but she might not be as guarded correct so we'll see how that plays out with when she has more interaction with the rest of the city and town and people so where we get into one of the uh we get into kind of the end of the episode where there's a nice movie in the park night in Gotham because they really want Gotham to seem like the good old days. But I don't think there was ever good old days in Gotham, at least not to the extent that you could have a movie in the park. Right. Not like they're, they're, it's basically, they're like trying to be like, everything's fine. Meanwhile, everything's burning around them. Yeah. You know, that I just I don't understand. I really love the fact that the movie that they're showing is Zorro, which ties <laughs> in into the well, it ties into the Bruce um origin. That was what they were seeing. Um him, Tom, Thomas and Martha were seeing the night they were killed. That's what they were oh, coming out of nice, in the theater. That's a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. I like I'm I'm never too keen on things up blatantly obvious like i'm like oh great i actually figured out an easter egg yay (laughs) so alice has alice has sophie kind of hanging over a building and she gives she gives uh jacob kane the the chance to either save sophie who she thinks she looks like as a replacement daughter or save gotham we also find out that one of the crows is dating Alice, so he is the one who kind of gets the bombs into place. Although no one really tells people about it, like they just figure it out after the fact. Like he goes disappearing, and instead of being like, "Man, he might have been killed," they're automatically like, "He's working with Alice." Yeah, I, that seems like a big leap, but I just kind of went with it. Right, and you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying it was a bad leap because every so often I'm like, it's obviously they're in on it. Like, why are you guys so stupid? So I I will not fault this for them being in like the complete other direction. We have a nice little fight scene up on the rooftops. Kate saves uh, Sophie in the day by tackling Sophie off the building and using the cape to cushion their fall through. A through a uh, roof and landing on a bed. Oh my god, that moment! I so was on board the Sophie and Kate ship. I saw the chemistry 
like that look between them was everything. So a, a few of my a few of the thoughts running through my head during that sequence was one I don't like the nose piece on this costume. Like I can't wait to get out of it because like the the bottom part of the nose being uncovered is just weird to me. And I don't know why I fixated on it. But I did, and now I'm never gonna unsee it. We need to, we need to get a piece of leather there. I'm sorry. I, I never noticed that, but I wonder if the addition of the red wig next week in episode three will change things. Like I hope cha- so. Change how it sits on her. Yeah. So we also get like them having a moment on the bed where you can tell Sophie's kind of figuring out what's going on. But she keeps looking in her eyes. At the same time, right. But at the same time, like you have Kate just kind of like playfully like using her finger to around her. And I'm sitting there like, Kate, stop creeping. She doesn't know who you are. Yeah. But I kind of feel like, because you remember, like, in the beginning of The Flash, like, when Iris knew, didn't know who The Flash was, but she was attracted to The Flash? Right. I feel like that's kind of where this is going to end up going. She's going to be fascinated by Batwoman, but not knowing that Batwoman is Kate. I'm pretty sure she does. I'm pretty sure that was the point of the second episode. Well, I think she thinks it, but I don't think she. I don't. Okay. I don't think she's gonna 100 percent know. All it. right. So. Okay. All right. I see. I I see what you're saying. All right. So that kind of is the episode. We find out that Sophie is married. She's moved on from Kate, and she. T- Tells Kate to move on, Kate and we like all know. We... Kate looked like she was sucker punched when she found out that he was married. That she was married to a to man. a guy. What, right, like, like I think really, were, I got replaced by a guy. I think if she were married to a woman, like I think she'd have been fine with that. Um. Well, not fine, but maybe. Yeah. It's weird because, like again, I can't put myself in that position. I just, I just know, like in times, like when you see an ex with some with another guy, and I'm like, what's he have that I don't? Whereas if she was dating like another woman, be like, all right, I can't fall. Like, I don't know. Um, so Sophie's married, tells her to move on. Hate. Kate needs to get over her. This is the first shocking thing. And then the last shocking thing in the episode is we find out Alice is Beth. And I'm so, so glad that it was the first episode. Boom, they tell you. Because it's one of those things like, you know, as a comic fan, when you know it already, you're sitting there going, I hope this isn't just like a pre-longed thing that I have to sit through. Of people like slowly figuring it out. She knew almost immediately as soon as she saw the gemstone and the knife. 
Yeah. And I absolutely as not being a comic book fan, I was floored, like yelling at my TV floored. I really? loved that moment. I I really did too. Um, I will also say I really like I really like Beth Slash. Her personality, I believe, is a lot different than the comics. She has a stronger grip of reality in this version, um, and she kind of uses the Alice persona to do what she wants to do, but she's, I think she's very in charge mentally, whereas in the comics, she isn't. So I like we're getting a different aspect to the character. And I like Alice, too, because knowing that she's Beth, God only knows what she's been through in the 15 years that she was gone. She could have been tortured. She, You know, you don't know what she's been through. You don't know how she became who she is. So you can almost kind of understand why she does the things that she does, because she thinks her family abandoned her. Absolutely. And I love a villain and- motivation. Love a villain with a good motivation. Yes, they, um, someone. It, it was a wrestling person who always said like, the way to be a good bad guy in wrestling is you have to believe your motivations, and that's I think villain like if you don't if you don't the motivations of being the villain then you're not going to be a believable villain. I think she does a great job, Rachel. Phil does a great job believing Alice's motivations and being the character, which is weird because she was also in the original Birds of Prey show, and that show was just so bad. I didn't even know that there was a Birds of Prey show. Oh, it was one season, and it was one, it was like, I don't even think it was like a full season, I think it was like 10 or 11 episodes of pure torture, not to the fault of any of the actors, but the writing and the fact, like, they weren't allowed to use, again, they weren't allowed to use Batman. They were able to name drop him, but they, like, it was, no one could figure out, like, how to work with that yet. So, Batman wasn't around. You had the Birds of Prey running around, and you had Harley. You were supposed to get Harley in season two. You had her as her normal uh, counterpart, Harleen, in the first season. But, yeah, no, it was just a bad, bad show. I'm glad I missed it. But it is available on the CW seed, and I know that because there was like five commercials for it when I was watching this on On Demand today. Oh, man, I would have rather seen commercials for the Tomorrow People. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so that closes out episode one. We move into episode two, where my one note is, why is Luke Fox an idiot? (laughs) Okay, I love him. Why is he an idiot for you? Well, so he... He's the son of Lucius Fox, who was Batman's tech guy. And in the comic, he's very, very Lucius Fox-esque, in which he's very smart, knows how to do everything. And in this show, he's like, 
I can alter the suit, but like this rebreather, I have no idea what it does. This thing over here, the bat silvery thing, no clue. Like, yes, he, like I'm like, I didn't read that as he honestly didn't know. I felt like he's like, I don't know what kind of drama you're about to get into, but I want no part of it. I'm going all the way over here, and this is all you. I'm gonna go stand in my corner. Yeah, I feel like he knows things. He's just not willing to share them unless and until he absolutely needs to. And then when he shows he does have aptitude, like he did later in this episode, he then majorly downplays it because he does not want to be any part of this world. You know, I don't... I'm wondering if he doesn't want to be part of the world or he doesn't want to be connected because he's afraid, like, Bruce will be back tomorrow and he'll be like, Dude, what the hell? I leave you for three years and this happens? And, or he doesn't, well, maybe he doesn't want to get attached to another Wayne who will then leave? No, I mean, that's, that is very possible. Uh, so, we're, so we're in episode two where people are still trying to find Alice. Uh, uh, Kate now knows Alice is Beth, so she's trying to figure out a way to prove it because he kn- she knows if he goes to her father and say, hey, that's my sister, your daughter, the father's just going to be like, you're crazy. Yeah, you're lying. Right. So Kate feels very guilty with what happened to Beth. She felt because she left the car, she wasn't there to kind of save Beth. In the so even though Beth is doing all these things, episode where we have the tea party with the elderly couple in their old house, and then she kills them. Like she does some bad things. Yeah, and Kate oh, recognizes recognizes it, but at the same time she's like, "It's my sister." I and she thinks she's to blame for what happened to her, so she's trying to save her. Yep. So I want to backtrack a minute before we continue on episode two, because I just had a thought. Remember earlier I was saying that I thought like when she when Kate was training underwater, it was because that she wanted to because of what happened to her sister. I wonder if she was trying to figure out if there was a way that Beth could have survived. Oh, okay, Yeah, no, I definitely see that. And I mean. There, there definitely was. Like, they never found the body. We learn in episode two that supposedly they found skull fragments. The with her more, DNA on them. With her DNA, like skull fragments of hers. Um, although maybe she killed somebody and that's how the DNA got there. Yeah. However, the more the more I thought about it during the course of the episode, because we see we see Jacob telling Kate this after he finds Kate like curled up in a ball with the map showing where all the places that they've searched and the area that she could be in. And he realizes like to Kate, this is something that she'll fixate on for the rest of her life. So I'm wondering if they never found any of the fragments, like he tells her that to get her to stop looking. See, I didn't think that I thought something else entirely. 
and I'm going to jump to the end, to the reveal that we saw at the end of episode two for one second, just to sort of make my thought process make sense. Do we know how long he and her and um, Kate's stepmom, whose name I can't think of right now, have been together and are married? Uh, I don't believe we have a, a certain time frame yet. We do know that Kate went away for a while. At least in the comic, she goes away for a while. There's a, a quote-unquote lost year. But if we if we take that into account, uh, Kate and her stepsister have a have a relationship, and it seemed to be one that's been around for a little bit. So, so maybe I'm, ten years. Yeah. So I'm wondering if what is the stepmother's name? Uh, I will look that up as you talk. Okay. I'm wondering if stepmother presented him with the brain fragments with her DNA, the bone fragments with her DNA on them. Because hmm. we because we know she was behind what happened in the parking lot in episode two, because that wasn't Alice. Right. Uh, her name is Catherine. She is a hyphenated last name. Okay, so Catherine. I feel like she might be involved in this. I feel like she might know that Alice is... Because I also think that she's the one who put the bomb in the car when they, on, in the prison transport van. In the park? Or... No, no, oh. the, the when Al- in, the, in the prison transport. When Alice is getting moved. When Alice is right. getting moved. So capture, the- right, so they capture Alice, and on the way to bringing her to Arkham, she gets busted out, essentially. Like, the there's a car that blows up that's that causes, heck, you know, that causes chaos and allows her to escape. So, so you, think, you think Catherine is behind that? I think Catherine was trying to kill her. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I can definitely see it. Uh, maybe she's. It'll be very interesting to see like what her motivation would be at that point. Um, maybe. Was she, was she talking to Alice's boyfriend, or was she talking to somebody else at the end? I believe she was talking to somebody else. Okay, because it kind of looked like Alice's boyfriend. I wasn't sure. I mean, to be fair, I watched it really late, so. It could have been. Uh, if someone out there knows and wants to correct me, I'm. I think it was somebody else, but I'm willing to say I'm probably wrong. Okay. By the way, I know we haven't referred to her by name, but the stepsister is also called is Mary. Yeah, so that I, Mary is my best friend's name, so that name I remember. So we have an instance of maybe Catherine is worried that with Beth back. Jacob, like maybe it's an inheritance issue. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what her motivation is because right now you can only kind of theorize that it's more of a motivation about inheritance and money, but there's got to be something. Like I can't, it seems like a little bit too shallow of a reason for what's going on. I feel like there's going to be a lot deeper of a reason. Like I don't think she wants Jacob to be focused on his kids at all. Okay. So I feel like 
with Kate back and Kate bringing up Beth and then Beth being back, like, I think whatever her master plan is, them being here completely upend that plan. Right. Now, we don't get an age on Mary, but I know when we were talking about, like, how long is how long has Catherine and Jacob been? Mary is their child. You at least think, however old we want to approximate Mary to, which I'll peg at maybe 22, 23, 24. Because she's in med school, I believe. Yes, she's in med school. I don't believe she's out, but she obviously so, has enough to be to be running. So she's got to be 23, she has enough 25, because assuming she went to college at 18, she would have gone to four years of regular college before going to medical school. So right. She's got to so, be 22. Right. So so we'll say that's that's a kind of good age range. Um, you know, maybe she was a child prodigy. Maybe she maybe she progressed through school. So I think early I think early to I think 25 would be the cutoff. Yeah. So anywhere between 22 and 25, I think, is a, a good age range. In this episode, we doubt Alice is very jealous of Mary. Yes. She doesn't. She doesn't like quote unquote sharing. She feels like I kind of feels Kate moved on once Jacob had another kid. And that's not like that wasn't the case. Wait, is Mary Jacob's kid? Because she keeps saying that that's her stepsister. So I wonder if Mary right. kind of came with Catherine, because um, if that was actually Jacob's, if Mary was Jacob's, then they would actually be sisters and not stepsisters. Oh, yep, you are correct because her last name is Hamilton. She didn't take his last name. So you're all right. You're all right. So all right. Damn, there goes there goes my entire detective work into how long they've been together. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't necessarily upend it because, I mean, they could have been a child when, she, I mean, she could have been a child when they got together. This is why I wasn't cast as Detective Pikachu. <laughs> so, either way, Alice feels very threatened by Mary because she sees her as the, her replacement in Kate's life. So she tries to kill her. Naturally, that's what you do. Because you know that's just the thing. Right. <laughs> perfectly natural when you're jealous to just try and murder the other person. I don't know. I. But this is what I'm saying. Like she has, she has so many crazy elements, and then she has lucid times. So you don't know if she's just like playing crazy or if she's. Just very like bipolar esque. Like I really want to know what happened to her in those fifteen years. Me too. Oh, yeah. You know what? Jake, Jacob and Catherine couldn't been together for twenty something years. It's only been fifteen since since Beth went missing. And I feel like he obviously they met after Beth went missing and I feel like he decided to move on after he met Mary. That's my theory. Or 
or Catherine killed his first wife. That could be too. Yeah, and I, I meant, I meant Mary, not. I meant Catherine, not Catherine, Mary. not Mary. Right. Yeah. I, I got what you meant. <laughs> I tend to get t- tongue tied a little bit, so yeah, sometimes no, that's, that'll happen. That's fine. So, what other thoughts do you have on this second episode? Because, again, my entire note was, why is Luke Fox dumb? My main thought about this episode is, like, the family dynamics on this show are going to be my motivating factor to watch this show. Because they are so intriguing. The okay. the, the Mary – first, I, I want to delve into Mary and and Kate first. Because after Mary was okay, Kate comes in. Because Kate was supposed to see her, was supposed right. to meet her for dinner. Yeah, right. And Kate blew her off to to go meet Alice Beth. So when Kate comes back and tries to apologize, you could see like Mary has her walls up and she's like trying to put a distance between them. And she said, you know. I- attacked by your sister because she's jealous and she thinks that I'm her replacement which would normally be flattering except the most sisterly thing you've ever done is keep your distance from me and that line just hit different like I could see that Mary has spent her entire life or at least most of her life trying to get Kate to like her and Kate just kind of backed off Yes, like it, it. That's a very like stepsistery thing too. Like especially if you're not completely comfortable with your your parent moving on from their from your mother. I could see like that pull away, but I could also see like Kate not wanting to get close to somebody and them dying for her not being able to save them. Right. So I could or see that being Kate's wanting, motivation to kind of pull. Away. Or not wanting to admit that Beth was gone and quote unquote moving on with another sister. Right. So there's there's many reasons why Kate could have pulled away, but I did, I really liked that line because it showed the dynamic of them growing up. Like I could see, I like just through that line, I could see like years of Mary trying to hang out with Kate or be around Kate and Kate always kind of like giving her the cold shoulder, kind of like that, you know, kind of like that, that little sibling, you know, hang out with their, with their older sibling, because they think they're so cool. Yeah, I that dynamic always was interest was interesting to me, and then also the dynamic between Kate and her father. This whole episode was interesting to me because when when Kate stood in front of her sister and said, "If you kill your daughter, you're gonna lose both of us," I was not sure what he was gonna do. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what he ultimately decides to do, but I I do like that Kate kind of gave him that ultimatum. Like, I know what she's done, and he even tries to defend it. He's like, look, you, you didn't see the crime scene photos from these two people that she killed very ruthlessly, but Kate is like, I don't care. She's my sister. And he like, she might be a bad person. And he can't even reconcile that his daughter would do those things. Right. And I very few I would imagine very few parents can. Yeah. Especially especially when you 
think you've lost them at such an early age that that's the idea of them in your head. So how they turned out is completely different. I think that you're right. I think that entire family dynamic is going to be great. I will say the one thing with Beth and uh, with Kate and Mary is it seems when Kate has come back, she was kind of at least trying to make an effort with Mary. Yeah. I don't think she could give a crap less about Catherine. Honestly, like I feel like the existence of Catherine annoys her which I kind of like that her guard is up in regards to Catherine. But I like that she's not holding whatever grudge she has against Catherine against Mary. Right. No, that is is very good because so often you would see that happen. What did we think about Sophie this episode? Sophie, Sophie. Um, She doesn't... I mean, she's trying to piece together who that woman is and Kate. And she straight up asked Kate, and she actually expected Kate to give her an honest answer. I was like, are you new? Yeah, like, you just told her to move on. Like, you should have used that emotion beforehand. Be like, Kate, are you that woman? You should tell me, Sophie, the girl that you love with all your heart. Not, we're done, get over me. Then, like, Kate? Are you that woman? No, no, no. Use the emotional manipulation. How do we feel about Sophie telling Jacob where Beth and Kate were meeting? Uh, I honestly, I for some reason, I totally missed that. Yeah. So, so Kate meets Alice in the park. Yep. And. She meets Alice in the park because Jacob and his team were going to go to the house. Right. And then I, I think Sophie called Kate and was, I, I don't know if was trying to warn her about what was coming. And then Kate was telling her, I set a meeting. Um, if, if she is Beth, she will know to meet at our favorite place. And then Sophie said the waffle stand, and then she said, you remember. And then cut to, we see their reunion, we see them, you know, we see them talking, and it looks like Kate's actually going to get through to Beth, and then the cops show up. Yeah, and no, the crows. The crows, sorry. Yes, the the cops don't do anything in Gotham. They might, they might uh, do, like, cross. Cross, uh, crossing guard stuff. That's about yeah, they're glorified crossing guards. Yep. Nope. The crows. The crows are the only Gotham City Police Department in this in this show. So yeah, and it'll be interesting to see see what Kate ends up doing with that. The, the fact that Sophie kind of turned her in to her father. And another one of my favorite moments was that moment between Sophie and Kate when Sophie's like, I will never lie to you. And Kate's like, okay, well then, are you happy? <laughs> and I will like, never lie to you. Are you happy? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting a call. I gotta go. And she's like, yes, Kate, I'm happy. But what I felt like she actually wanted to say was, yes, Kate, I'm happy because you're back in town. Well, naturally. I mean... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't answer you, Kate. You're you're going through a tunnel. I can't. <laughs> There's just so much. 
Yeah. So there's so much static. You're standing right in front of me. She wanted to run out of that room. She really did. It's funny because in the comics, there's a because Kate, Kate is very Bruce Wayne in the comics where she gets around. Like she, she's she's been seen with people with like party girls all throughout town, much like Bruce is with with like the models and that that he's constantly seen around town with. So she kind of has that Bruce Wayne reputation but in the comics, much like Bruce has Selena, Kate has had three three kind of deep loves. Like the person from the academy that she got caught with, I believe is named, but is never like a recurring character. So it's nice to see that character get fleshed out. But she she has like three people that she's loved. She's had a criminal kingpin uh, on a on a uh, paradise island. She, then she also dated Renee Montoya and um, and um, uh, uh, Maggie Sawyer. So we've seen Maggie Sawyer in Supergirl. I was gonna say it's the same Maggie. It's the same Maggie Sawyer. So, don't get me wrong. When they announced Batwoman, I'm like, for the love of God, get me Maggie Sawyer back in this in this world, because I will love it. So, I think I remember seeing a, you tweet that actually. Funny enough. That's absolutely. <laughs> like, so there's a there's a debate on like who her true love is, Renee or Maggie. If I remember cor- if I remember correctly, because it's been a while since the comics, uh, since I read the the comic with her in it she was actually engaged to maggie and then they they didn't end up getting married um which caused kind of a controversy inside the comics world but it's nice to see right now we have sophie as her as her lone love interest it'll be interesting to see if they bring in um renee montoya or even if they can get uh um was Florina Lima, I believe is. I think so. Question: yeah. Did they give Maggie and and Kate's story to Maggie and Alex on Supergirl? No. no. Okay. Um, what is weird is Maggie in the comics has a child. So that whole thing of like Maggie not wanting children was kind of out of the comic character. Um, so I don't think they gave her, I don't think they gave them her story with Maggie, but there's definitely parallels. You know, because, okay. uh, you know, there, there's a lot of parallels, but I would like to see them kind of bring her into Batwoman. I think it's a. I think the relationship, but I would also love to see some competition for Sophie. Like I, you know, Sophie and Kate. Like I'm pulling for them, but I want to see some I want, competition. I want Sophie to get jealous. I want Sophie to see Kate moving on, and Sophie to get jealous. That's what I want. Which I think we will. Like I think we'll see like the the uh, Wayne party boy like public facade. That she remembers Bruce having. Now that she knows Bruce was Batman, she's like, this is kind of how he acted in public to throw everybody off. You know, I'm going to start doing that to an extent. 
And I think then we'll see Sophie, like the claws will come out. She'll get jealous and Kate will be like, what? I moved on. You're married with a guy. Yep. And Sophie will have no room to judge because, well, she's only doing what's, you know, Kate's only doing what Sophie told her to. Yep. I don't know. It'll, that'll be a very interesting dynamic. Um, we do know next episode we're getting the, the wig and the bat. Do we get the full Batwoman suit? Like, did she have the did she have the symbol on her desk, or was it just the wig? I think it might have been just the wig, but it went by really quick. I could be wrong. It's it's just going to be like week by week. She's going to be make like she just goes to Luke at the beginning of every episode. This week's change is this. You know what though? I don't mind that. I kind of like that they're sort of tweaking the suit and making it perfect as they go. Because I feel like, and that was another thing I liked about this episode too, like, she's not, Kate's not thinking about what the ramifications of her wearing that suit actually are to the people of Gotham. Right, and Luke tries to tell her that. Like, hey, I know you're only doing this for this one reason, but you should see the effect that it's having on people. And he kind of, in this, he hints about it towards the end of the first episode. This episode, he, like, throws it in Kate's face by showing her the tablet, you know, and she kind of looks at it, and we see her kind of coming up, like, you can kind of see in her face and her reaction, like, okay, I might might stick with this. I might do something other than what I intended to do with this. Yeah, I am intrigued to see how she decides to become the city's hero and how she's going to deal with that um i mean it's easy you just show you know go around save some cats i mean she kind of already is the city's hero even though she hasn't really done anything like the city wants a hero it needs a batman figure yeah so the fact, like, I also like the fact that they just all assume it's Batman. Now, here's my question. Mm-hmm. Is this taking place before Elseworlds? Yes. Okay. Ha- now, is Batwoman a part of Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yes. Uh, I am thinking that when we get up to the fall break, we'll have caught up in the timeline. Like, okay. I think this first this first half of the season will be the stuff that happened pre um, pre crossover last and then we'll get caught up before crisis starts in late December. Okay, that's so you think by the time we break for Thanksgiving, we'll have caught up to Elseworlds and then post Thanksgiving up to the start of crisis will be yeah, quote unquote present day. <clears throat> yeah. I think so, and I'm not saying, like, we're talking, like, a year or even months, like, because no one no one knew about Batwoman in the crossover, but she was kind of known, in, like, she had her regular suit. She had the new suit with the she red. Had the, right. No, like, so. she, and it kind of looked like she was doing it for a while. Yeah, but, I mean, looks can be deceiving. So I'm thinking we're talking. Talking like maybe a month tops. So, 
So it'll be interesting to see like how far we catch, how quickly we catch up to that that set. I thought about that too. I'm like, well, in the crisis, she has all those things already on her, and in this one, she doesn't. Now, so this is, is in the past. Batwoman portion of the crossover before the holiday break or after? Because I know three parts are in December. And then the other two parts are in January. So I, where does Batwoman fall? I don't know offhand. I'm just going to go with the idea of they'll go in order. So maybe Batwoman, Supergirl, and is it two and three or three and two? I think it's three and two, and I think the Flash is moving to Sunday to start the crossover, I think. Which is weird. Like, why? Like, oh, that's the one thing I don't get is like, they're like, each episode of the show is an episode in the crossover. Just call it Crisis on Infinite Earths. It doesn't need to be a Flash episode because all that happens when they break it down like that is it seems to be centered around that hero for the episode, which kind of takes away the crossoveriness. They've gotten better with that ever since they did not the one before Elseworlds, Crisis on Earth X. They kind of did it as like a three-hour movie. Yeah. And I like that. And each one keeps getting better. And I think Infinite Earth is going to top them all. It has to. Like, it better because the amount of buildup, that's my the amount of buildup that they've put into this to me, I honestly don't think they've completely 100% nailed a crossover yet, and I really hope it's this one because this is the one that I think they and I they think definitely they will need. too, because Arrow and The Flash, basically their entire season well, at least the first half of The Flash and a majority of the final season of Arrow are going to be leading up to Crisis, so I think it's all going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. That that'll definitely it'll be yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes and what the fallout is especially after crisis because I would naturally assume crisis is gonna be like the end of Arrow or maybe we get like a fallout episode but I don't yeah I, I don't think there's gonna be two episodes of Arrow left after crisis okay. so we're gonna we're gonna get because I think Arrow is part of the I think Arrow is part of the ones that are airing after the holiday break so we're going to get arrows part of crisis and then we'll have one more episode to properly wrap up and have as an arrow series finale right arrow arrow funeral yeah pretty much yeah what earth so, does I that woman take place on uh the arrow earth so earth prime earth one okay i wasn't sure yeah she is definitely Earth. She's definitely Earth One, although pretty much the going theory is after Crisis, they're all going to be on the same Earth. So everyone, every show will take place on the same Earth. Okay, I'm, I was just curious. Yeah, because at least in the comics, the reason they did Crisis was to kind of simplify all the timelines. So basically, when crisis ended earths kind of merged together so you still had all the history of each earth all the characters were now on one 
concrete continuity story. So I think that's what's going to happen here. Okay. So that being said, do you have any more thoughts on episode no. two before we wrap up? I think we pretty much covered everything. All right. I promise episode three going forward, I'll have much more notes than just why is Luke Fox down? <laughs> I'm not going to say that I, that will not be brought up again, but I promise I'll have better notes. That's okay. I think we did pretty well. I too, and I want people to uh, to have waste their entire day listening to us. But so be it for this episode. We will be back next week with an all all new episode. The one thing I would just is one of the segments I'd love to do each week is to read emails by people watching the show. So if you're listening to this, if you follow us on Twitter. Any week that there's a show, for the love of God, email us your thoughts to batwomantvtalk at gmail.com. We'll select a few of them to read. If you have any questions for us, if you have any ideas or thoughts to where things are going, give us some topics to discuss. We'll happily discuss your ideas. Absolutely. You know, it's one of the things that I really, it's one of the things I really love that Supergirl TV Talk does. So I want the fans to be able to interact with us as much as humanly possible. Give us your thoughts. Give us your theories. Give us your questions. Email them, BatwomanTVTalk. I'll make sure to repeatedly say it on Twitter before we start filming episodes. And now that I remember, I got a new phone recently, so I haven't been on the Batwoman TV Talk Twitter because I forgot the password. I found the password. Nice. So I'll be back on as soon as this episode uploads, which will be tonight, Tuesday, or possibly tomorrow. Other than that, if you want to reach out to us, aside from email, you can reach out to me at BatwomanTVTalk on Twitter or at Academy Rewind, which is another podcast I do with Tim that goes over best pictures throughout the years. Where can people reach you? I'm at XO, Tony Roney XO on Twitter, and I'm on Twitter constantly, so if you have a question, feel free to ask, and I'll always be around to answer. Yay! So, Batwoman TV Talk is brought to you by Thought Bubble Audio, channel of podcasts dedicated to the modern geek. We have Batwoman TV Talk, which is one of the best ones. Aside from that, we have Academy Rewind, which is also pretty great. Then there's Beer with Geeks, Supergirl TV Talk, Metropolis, Hate Watch with us, Read Up, and I know there's another one and I can't remember the name of it and Frank's going to kill me because it's his wife's podcast. For the love <laughs> of God someone find out what it is and let me know and I'll be sure to plug it next time. You can also head over to Patreon, uh, to Thought Bubble, Audio, Thought Bubble Audio on Patreon and donate one buck a month two bucks a month. Help us keep the lights on. We essentially do these things for free but there are costs that that you know would be loved to to, we didn't have to pay for. So if you can help out, great. If not, we completely understand. But I think I am out of things to talk about. How about you? I'm good. All right. We won't have a witty sign-off line because I don't have one right now. But it'll probably involve it'll probably involve the bat single. Or if you have a uh, suggestion, for the love of God, email or tweet at us. <laughs> so uh, until next time. I would like to say thank you for listening, and have a good week. Bye, everybody. Bye.